want to sit over here, um, <laughs> a rising of the Romans 8 company. And um, he's been doing sort of like a series on it of different messages. And I'm just going to take some highlights from a few of those messages because I think that um, he actually said it um, when he did the first message that this is a vital message for every believer. So to me, that's like, okay, turn your, turn your ears in. I've got to keep going over this and really captivate it in my heart. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to sort of highlight some things and take it from a new, uh, different perspective, but really encourage you with what he's saying. So a couple of things he did say, this is a vital message for every believer. So if we read Romans 8, it's, um, it's a contrast between flesh and spirit. So it's like you can live by the flesh, you can live by the spirit. You can do this by the flesh, you can do this by the spirit. And But if you read it, it's like, hey, you can do this by the flesh, you do this by the spirit, but flesh, death. <laughs> spirit, life. <laughs> like, I don't know about you, but that's pretty, I'm like, I know my choice <laughs> and what I'm going to do. So um, it's a really like a, it is a, a, a tangle between the two because we do live in the natural. We live in the flesh. We live in the world. But we can live in the spirit as well as just naturally living with life. And this is just really captivating me because um, at the moment in my life, I've got really young kids. So I'm living, living a very natural life, okay? I'm changing nappies. It's just so natural. And you're like, where is the spirit in all this? And it's just like, what, what's going to, come on, God, just let your, like, let your glory fall. But like, you know, let them be taken care of, and I just want to experience your presence. Um, but I have to know, like, I have to understand how I can begin to operate in that in my life when I'm walking in the natural, when I'm at work, and when I'm doing these things. So that's what it really is about. Like, how do we live in this world, but live of the Spirit, live in the Spirit of life? And um, another thing that Pastor Brian said, when I went over the message, I, I was like, oh, I missed that. But I was like, he said, this chapter speaks to our purpose, which is higher. So your purpose in life, you might have an idea of what it is, but it's higher than that. All right? It's greater than that. And so this chapter speaks as where you can go, where your purpose is, where your destiny lies. He said it also speaks to our possibilities, that they are beyond our present limitations. So no matter what the limitation you have on your life, no matter what you're going through, this chapter speaks to the possibility of where you can be. And not only the possibility, but when you take the step, it actually happens. All right? Um, so I would just encourage you to go back to these messages and re-listen to them and re-listen to this chapter. I mean, I've grown up in church. This chapter has been spoken my whole entire life. You know, I probably memorize it. When someone's saying it, you can finish it. But it's like, what is it really captivating? What is it really doing in your life? Like, I can just hear it. I can just listen to it. Yeah, for flesh versus spirit. Yeah, I'll choose the spirit. And you can just go on with life but not actually do anything. And one thing Pastor Brian said, he said, we can choose to activate the spirit in our lives. And he also said, we can continue to apply the spirit of life in our life. Now, two words stuck out to me. We can choose to activate and we can continue to apply. And those are action words, all right? Those are things that we have to do. We have to take responsibility of. So we can choose to activate it, and we can continue to apply it, but we must do it. And I'm going to get into that as we go along the lines. But just remember that head that, yes, we can read this scripture and be like, yes, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. But if you don't do anything, the Holy Spirit can't meet you, can't do anything. He, can't, he needs a vessel to operate through. So God wants us to live by the Spirit and manifest the life of the Spirit. So what are those things? He said one of the points in the Romans 8 message, the first one is, we can understand what living in the Spirit means. We can learn it, and we can learn to live there. So we can learn to live there. We can learn to apply it. Just like we go to school and you have to learn mathematics and language and literature and all these things, we, still, we have to learn to walk with the Holy Spirit. We have to learn to commune with the Holy Spirit. We have to learn to, is that his voice or is that my voice? Is that um, my intuition or the Holy Spirit's intuition? What is it? we got to learn to know the discernment so we can understand what it is and we can learn it. So I would encourage you to, 
like really, what does that mean to learn it? How does it mean to apply it into your life? Because what, how it might apply into your life or how you do it might be different than how I do it. Or in the season that you're in, it's going to be totally different than the season that you're on in. When I was single or just married, I had all the time in the presence of God. Okay, it was like, I could take an hour. Now it's like, you, I go, I put the kids down for a nap. And I'm like, I'm going to pray. And it's like, no, they don't want to take a nap. So it's just like, okay, I only got 15 minutes. But I can still meet with the Holy Spirit. He can still deposit something in those 15 minutes. Whether you got an hour or 15 minutes, whatever you, whatever you have, you can learn to live in the Spirit. Another point was we can continually set our minds right. And this is in Hebrews 8.5. It said, for those who live according to the flesh, set their mind on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. So we can learn to train our mind, to set our mind on the things of the Spirit. We can train our mind. I know it's like in this day and age, there's so many things coming at you, and your mind is just like blown. But you can learn to train your mind to follow after the things of the Spirit and to tune off those things that, that don't need to be there. We take captive every thought. That's what we're called to do. So as soon as a thought enters, if it's not right, we categorize it. Mm, that goes, oh, that's good. You know, or this, you know, compartmentalized. That's what the Holy Spirit helps you to do. And one of the um, uh, statements Pastor Brian said is, your mind can be your greatest enemy or your greatest asset. And I think that is so powerful. Your mind can be your greatest enemy. It can take you down. How many have been in a downward spiral when you're like, something happens and you're like, oh my God, I'm a horrible person. Oh, and I'm a horrible person because I did this. And then I, oh, this person doesn't like me. I mean, you start thinking of the craziest thing. My dog doesn't like me. Like all these stupid things. Because your mind just can go, your mind is actually, if it's not trained well, it's actually geared to go down the negative. It's geared to go that. But we have to gear it to go towards God, which is spirit and life. So learn to train it to be your greatest asset. Because when you have a strong mind in the spirit, let me tell you, anything can come against you and you're like, no. I'm not going to accept that. I'm not going to take it. Even if it's hard, something's coming against you, you can, your mind will not go down that little downward spiral. And it's the a most amazing thing when it happens. <laughs> so take my advice if you haven't experienced it yet. It's really cool. Um, but learn to train your mind that way. You do that by praying in tongues. You do that by reading the Word. And we'll get into that a little bit later. But this is the things how you choose and tune your spirit into those things. So the three, the last two points he, that I kind of want to stay on, it says, we can learn to live from the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, and we need to continually allow the Holy Spirit to lead us. And we find this in Romans 8, 11. But if the spirit of him, the Holy Spirit, who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. All right, let's uh, break that down. So, but the spirit of him, so that's the Holy Spirit, who raised Jesus from the dead. So Jesus was dead. Jesus didn't raise himself up, okay? I think we sometimes can get that confused. Oh, Jesus rose from the dead. But who raised him up? Because he was dead. He couldn't raise himself up because he was dead. The Holy Spirit came and raised him from the dead. Okay, from the dead. That's what I kind of want to get into things. So that same spirit lives in you. All right? That same spirit can't lead you. So I don't know about you, but a spirit that has raised someone from the dead lives in me. It's always going to raise something in me. And here it is. If the same spirit of Jesus can raise Jesus from the dead, it can raise you up from anything. It can raise you up from your complacency, your comfort, your stress, your, um, you know, if you need healing. He can raise you up. He can take you from where you are to another place because that spirit is a life-giving spirit. It is very life-giving. So imagine, like, the life of God is inside of us. The spirit of Christ lives inside of us. And all we have to do, all we have to do is choose to live in it. So Pastor Brian spoke in a message, the leadership of the Spirit of God. He did a couple of things on this. And he said the number one factor is we have to, we have a choice 
to either live by the spirit or live by the flesh. The choice is ours. So we have the choice to do this. And I hope you choose the right one. You know, it says in the Bible, there, um, life and death are in the power of the tongue. He didn't just leave it there, though. He was like, but choose life. So God was like, hey, life and death are in the power of the tongue. But it's probably good if you chose the life part. So God is saying, hey, you can live in the flesh. You can live in the spirit. But hey, let's live in the spirit. And we, but we have to do that. So the factor is, so that factor, that choice is what separates us from being an ordinary believer to being an extraordinary believer. And we know that Pastor Brian's talked about this. He's talked about how, you know, you can just be a believer. You can just go to church every Sunday. You can attend your connect group and just live your life. But nothing is happening. Nothing is taking place in you. Nothing is really, you know, really beyond that. And I, believe me, I know a lot of people like that. Mega churches are filled with them, are no longer filled with them because now they're on Zoom. And so, like, that just revealed the church. Like, how many people just go just, oh, because of out of religious duty and things like that. So we have the choice. We can go to church. We can, and then go and live our life and then come back to church. And it's so boring. It's very, very boring, believe me. I've tried. I'm like, I just, I just want to go to church on Sunday. I want a break. But it's just like, it's, it's no fun. No fun whatsoever. So I want to live an extraordinary life. I want to be an extraordinary believer. I want to be a son. I want to be a daughter. That's what the difference is. Yes, when someone grows up in the house, like Levi, he's, he's automatically Julian's son. He automatically is. But he can step in to sonship and really begin to carry the legacy of the family. So he's already a son. We're already a son and a daughter. We have not been, the, the, uh, God doesn't rip that title from us if we're not living a life. But we have to step into it. We have to choose to live in it. And we, and really live our life. That's what living in the flesh and living in the spirit. Because you can go to church but be very fleshly Christian. And just, you know, live your life. Carnal Christian, that's what it is. It's a carnal carnal mentality. You, you, have, you know, you know the word. You kind of know it here and there. But you're just a carnal Christian. You're just living out of your flesh, living out of your mind, just going in there. But if you live out of the spirit, it's such a greater dynamic. And one thing Pastor Brian said is, is the failure of, the contemporary, of contemporary Christianity is we don't even consult God. So we don't even consult like, oh, should we live... I want to live out of the spirit. We just go, oh, I'll just live the way I want to be. The problem is we want to be more led by our flesh, more led by the trends, more led by the cultures, more led by those things than being led by the spirit because it's comfortable, it's safe. But imagine what living by the spirit would be like. And choosing to be led by the spirit of God means no matter where you are in your journey with God, there's always another level to go up. And the Spirit, the Holy Spirit is the one that helps you grow into that. So Pastor Ryan used this analogy, the Holy Spirit is like a GPS system. And I don't know about you, but I follow my GPS. All right? Even it's like, turn around. You know? And we've got to yield and respond to that GPS system inside of us. So we can choose to, you know, you know the Holy Spirit's like, go this way, go this way. We're like, hmm. It's like, beep, 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 turn around, turn around, hmm. And we can choose to ignore it, but there's something deep inside of us that is causing us. He wants to take you in the right direction. God has this plan and this purpose for your life. It is a path like this. Sometimes we can go over here, but we're always led to go back here. And sometimes, oh, you know, but there's always a path. There's always, we can go off, but the Holy Spirit is always directing us back on the path that God has set before us, his purpose, his plan. So we've got to follow and yield to that system inside of us, the Holy Spirit. So learn to follow what's going on on the inside of you rather than what's on the outside. And believe me, I understand what's on the outside is so bombarding. I mean, especially for young people. We didn't grow up in the age of social media. We grew up in the age of MTV and radio and some things on TV. So I know what is hitting you. Sometimes I'm like, oh, Netflix, no, 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 no. You know what I mean? And it's just right there. So I get it. Like, it's bombarding us all the time. But we've got to learn to shut that off and not live by what's on the outside, but really draw from the inside. And I know it's not an easy thing. Because you're like, draw from what? You know, but you have to build something so strong in you to be led by the Spirit. We know that a pilot uses its instruments to navigate. 
even through a storm. You talk to any pilot, they're dependent on their navigation system, and they're following their instruments. Even through a storm, they're following it. They can't see anything before them. They're following that instrument. Who's the instrument inside of you? Is the instrument of the Holy Spirit in you guiding you? Guiding you through what you need to go through? What you, Guiding you to who you need to talk to? That's one of the biggest things. You're like, I have so many people I want to reach out to. And you can. I'm not saying don't. But tune into the Holy Spirit. Who does he want to speak to? Who does he want you to speak to that day or that week or keep speaking to? And there's others he might say, hey, just hold off a little bit. They need, I need a little bit more time to work on them. And then as soon as you go in, bang. You're like, I've been working on them for years and nothing's happening. God's like, hey, just hold up. I'm still working. Just like I'm never stop working. You never, know, you never know what's going on. So let the Holy Spirit be your guiding instrument. When you are led by the Spirit of God, he will lead you from where you are to upgrade you. So the Holy Spirit's job is always to upgrade you. All right, I don't know. That's kind of cool. I love being upgraded. Like, I love, like, hey, what's my intention for the year? I set a goal for the year. I set a word of the year. I don't care if none of you do, but I like it, and it's great. <laughs> but the Holy Spirit has always wanted to take you further. He doesn't want you to stay where you're at. He doesn't want you to stay stagnant. He wants to, you to keep moving forward because you will never arrive. Okay, I'm just going to, you will arrive when you exit this earth and into heaven. You will arrive. But until then, you are always moving forward. You are always moving forward in those things of God. So the Holy Spirit will upgrade you. The Holy Spirit is like that notification on your phone that you need to update. Sometimes we ignore it. How many ignore it? Later, later. And then your phone just stops working. Ah, oh, man, what's wrong with this? What about that little red bing? You need to upgrade. It's time to upgrade. It's time to upgrade. And here's the coolest thing is sometimes you're like, why is, why is something stirring so inside of me to move forward? Because God wants to upgrade you and prepare you for the next season. You don't know what's ahead, but God does. And he wants to prepare you for something so that it can sustain you through that season. There's been seasons in my life where we've been pressing into God and all of a sudden it's like, oh, I've got to do something and I can't necessarily pressing as much, but because I had done it so much there, the Holy Spirit prepared me to sustain me for that time. And it really just is such an amazing thing that know when the Holy Spirit is wanting to upgrade you, pushing you kind of to do that. He'll never push you too much that you can't, you're going to like, I don't want to do it. But he's wanting you to do grow because I mean, there's amazing things in store for you. He's the one who actually has, like, the document of your life. And he's like, oh, oh, the upgrade's coming. Oh, that's because they're going to be doing this and they need, they need this. So he's got, like, the download of everything. So he's preparing you for that. How amazing is that? That's what the Holy Spirit's job is. It's like as if Jesus was standing right next to you and going, okay, we got to go here now because um, in the next month or two, we're, you're going to have to do this, so you need to be prepared. I don't know about you, but that's, like, awesome. Yeah. Is that awesome to anyone else? John, it's awesome to you, right? Yeah, okay. I got you. He's got me. All right. I just look over there. The smile does it. All right. So upgrade. So don't turn your notification off. Learn to tune in to the Spirit of God and what He's doing to you, even if it feels uncomfortable. There's times where I'm like, like something happened, I'm just like, oh, I know I'm not in the right place. I know I need to make a course correction. I know the Holy Spirit is just, there's just that conviction there. And you're like, I know I just need to come back. I just need to come back. And believe me, it's not that hard. You just surrender. All right, Holy Spirit, have your will, have your way in me. Let it be done unto me according to your word. All right? And he'll begin. He'll be like, okay, if you're a willing vessel, I'll begin to take you back on track. So I'll just a couple of things. Lead. This is what the Holy Spirit. Lead is, is the definition of lead is to act as a guide and show the way. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He acts as a guide and he shows you the way. He's like, hey, here's the destination. This is where we've got to go. This is what we've got to do. So follow me. Come on, it's easy. I'm the guide. I'm the guide. I know what to do. I don't know, but if I'm going to go on a hike, I better have an experienced guide who knows where I'm going. Because if they're like, oh, I don't know, I just up there, I'd be like, nah, nah, I'm not going. I'm not going with you. I'm going to go with someone who knows this terrain and what they're doing. Upgrade means an incline going up in the direction of movement, 
Upgrade also means an increase or improvement, and an upgrade means a new version or improved model. How many don't want to be improved? How many don't want to be like, you know, like the best version of yourself? How many have dreamt about being the best version of yourself? Go ahead, just put your hand up. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> We've all dreamt about like, if I was the best version of myself, this is where I would be. God wants to take you to some of those things. Some of those things are natural desires, but some of those things are God-given ones. And he wants to take you. But let me tell you, upgrade, it's an incline. It's an incline. How many have ever been on the incline machines at the gym? And you're like, oh, yeah, you put it up. And then you're like, beep, beep. Oh, beep, beep. Mm. Beep, beep. Wow, it's getting harder. You're almost like bent over. Like, it is an incline. It is some work. I know Renee's like, I've never been on one of those things. <laughs> She's like, I don't know how that feels. <laughs> if Anita was here, she'd know exactly what I'm talking about. But it's an incline. It's, it's work. It's work to move with the Holy Spirit. It is work. It's an incline. You are going up. An upgrade is, is going up. Upgrade. Like, this is very simple. So know that you have to put some work into it. You've got to um, really begin to um, work with the Holy Spirit. And when he's calling you, go along with him. So when the, so when the Holy Spirit leads us, we can choose to follow. We have, like I said, we have to do the work. It's not always easy. This is, I, I thought of this myself. Um, it's not an Instagram reel where we go, boop, and we're there. We all want to do that. We're like, oh, boop, and we're there. No, it doesn't happen like that. Wow, I must, young people, do you know what I'm talking about, an Instagram reel? Yeah, okay, they get it. The rest of the people are not, don't know anything. <laughs> you got this dress, and it goes, boop, and it's on you. Okay, go on to Instagram and find a reel for all those people that are 40 and older. Um, <laughs> but that's not what the Holy Spirit door. it's not a click of the fingers, and it, you're there. It, ha- it takes a process. It takes time to get there. The flesh likes easy. It likes comfort. Just like working out isn't easy. But as you continue to do it, you get stronger. So the more you lift the weights, the Holy Spirit can't lift that weight for you. Okay? You have to pick it up and you have to lift it. You have to work your muscles out. Your spiritual muscles, you have to work them out. The Holy Spirit can't be like, oh, don't worry, just take a seat. I got this. No, no, no. He's like, he's the trainer. He's the trainer in the, in the, um, the thing. You're the person. He's like, come on. Come on. You can do it. Come on. Get, get another burpee in. Let's go. This is going to strengthen you for the next leg of the race. That's what the Holy Spirit is doing. So I want to encourage you to allow the Holy Spirit to lead you in every season. Allow him to lead you there. Allow your response. And I'm going to steal this from Julian because he always says it. Let it be done according to me to, unto me according to your will. That's what Mary said. I don't know about you, but if an angel came to me and said, you're going to have a baby, the Holy Spirit's going to overshadow you, and she's like, let it be done unto me according to your word. In her mind, she's like, "Ah, what the heck, but let it be done unto me according to your word. And I don't know, maybe when she became pregnant, she had to keep going, let it be done unto me according to your word. I don't know how this happened, but let it be done unto me according to your word. I'm not married. Let it be done unto me according to your word. (laughs) Like, come on, people. She was a, a woman. Like a natural person, and this baby just showed up. <laughs> so I don't think she was like, let it be done unto me according to your word. Like, she probably was like, you know, and had to keep repeating it to herself. So that's what we need to do. So no matter if you don't understand, you have to actively take the steps of allowing the Holy Spirit to work in you. And I just want to give you some simple ways, and these are going to blow your mind because they're so simple and you already know them, but pay attention. Prayer, prayer, so simple to be, to connect with the Holy Spirit, praying, all right? This is in your personal time, your time with God. You've got to be setting time aside for you in that, in that way. You have, you, you, you're the one. I can't go with you all the time and to your prayer closet. You need to go and you need to begin to pray in your personal time. Also in the corporate time. Like when we're, we have prayer here in the morning. We have prayer on Zoom. 
Like, I encourage you to get to those. Get to what you can because that will begin to stir something inside of you, especially if you're in a season where you feel a little bit dormant or you feel a little bit dry. And you're like, I just don't feel like praying. I have been there. I'm like, I just don't feel. But you know what? I have been in the time where I've turned on that Zoom meeting and I haven't felt like praying. No, but no, I have not felt. But by hearing other people, my spirit is stirred. There's a frequency, there's a connection. And before you know it, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm in there. I can pray. But I but if I didn't take the step of getting out of bed, turning on my Zoom, which isn't very hard, and really connect, nothing would happen. I would have just stayed where I was at. And you the thing is, is you don't want to stay in your dry season too long. All right, I just want to encourage you, don't stay in a dry season too long. You need to find what makes you buoyant. Find what you connect to that really gets you in. There were times that, I mean, there's been times. How many, come on, raise your hand when you've not really wanted to come to church on a Sunday. Am I the only one? Okay, thank you, Zach. Thank you. He was honest. Yeah, you haven't wanted to come to church, but as soon as you get here, there's just something there. And God meets you where you're at. It's not like an amazing, you fell on the ground and you blah, blah, blah. It's just something in you just just connected. That is the Holy Spirit working you. He's like, just give me something. Just go. Just go to church. Just turn on the Zoom meeting and watch what I can do. That's all he's asking you to do is just do that. So simple simple ways, prayer, get into your personal time with God. God will meet you where you're at. I, I, this is probably the strongest thing that I, I will harp on for the rest of my life. If you pray and you stick in, God will meet you where you're at. I'm not mad. I'm just trying to get my point across because I've been in those places where I've been like, okay, I'll tell you one. <laughs> this is like, I really feel bad about this, but a lot of people know that when I got pregnant with Jordan, it wasn't the happiest time of my life. We thought we were done. And I was like, what the heck? But obviously God had a plan. And believe me, I did not want to pray to God. I'm sorry you did this to me. I don't want to pray to you. I don't want to say, let it be done unto me according to your word. But I knew there was something inside of me. And I would just be like, I don't know, God, I don't know why your will is in this because it wasn't mine. (laughs) But God, I'm just going to meet you where you're at. And God just came through. There were times where I just would just be crying in my room being like, I don't know, but God, and God just opened up scripture like in weird places that I'd never, and I'd be like, oh, that's really an encouragement. He will meet you in your lowest point. If you just connect in and begin to pray. The next one is God's word. We all know we need to read it. We need to devour it. We need to get it inside to us. We need to study it. Not only the natural word, the Bible, but actually the messages that are coming from the house that are coming here. We need to take those in. The word is a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. When you don't know what to do, the word is the lamp unto your feet. And believe me, when you have that inside of you, the Holy Spirit has ammunition he can work with. He's like, hey, remember that scripture? Bing. Remember this? So if you built it inside of you, God will begin to do this. And I just want to encourage young people because I know it's not the most exciting thing to read the Bible. Some of it's like goes over your head and you could care less. Believe me, I've been there. But let me tell you, if you take the time in your life at this young age and begin to deposit it inside of you, no matter what comes against you later in life, that foundation is built so strong nothing can take you out. Nothing. I, I just remembered being like, I'll build this into me. As a young age, I will do this. And there's just been seasons in my life where words have just come up. And I know it's because when I was young, I took the time to do that. So I just want to encourage you guys. So go through the messages of the house. Read the word. Find out what is speaking to you. When a word is preached, when Pastor Brian speaks something, don't worry too much about getting the whole thing. What came out of it? What what's what phrase came out of it? And just begin, okay, I'm gonna stick on that. I'm gonna pray on that. One verse, I mean Romans 8 is a long verse, but if you read, if you read one verse and just stick on that, that I mean God will reveal something to you. So what is standing out to you? Grab that first. What is a topic that's st- you know what that you're struggling with? Start on that and begin to study it and get it inside of you. It's the most amazing thing. Like I said, it's it's um how did it, it's, uh, it's material for the Holy Spirit to work with. So the Holy Spirit's like, I want to build something into you, but I need you to go and I need you to collect the, the materials from Bunnings. 
okay? I need you to go and I need you to get it so that I can begin to build that into you, show you how to put those together. That's what studying the Word is like. You are getting the material ready for the Holy Spirit to begin to connect those in your life. The last thing is, a simple way and probably the one, one of the most powerful way is fellowship with the believers. So discussing one-on-one with people what God is speaking to you. I've been doing this lately with a couple of people, and it's just been so life-giving. Like, hey, oh, what, what did you get out of that message? Or, oh, this is what I got. And it's just been like, boom. Like, I've just received stuff so much stronger So discussing what is going forth, asking each other. Don't ask about the weather or your clothes. Come on. Ask about something deep. (laughs) Sometimes I sit there. Yolly knows. Yolly knows. When I came here, like, years ago, one time I went to her room and I'm like, do you guys ever talk about anything spiritual? And she's just like, what? I'm like, sometimes we get together and we just talk about nonsense. And I just really need to talk about spiritual things. And she was like, okay. And we sat down and we talked about spiritual things. And so now I'll just, we'll see each other and we're like, spiritual things? Let's talk about that. <coughs> so begin to connect one-on-one because the frequency is the same when you begin to do that. And things that you may not have understood when you begin to talk with someone, it just like iron sharpens iron and you become, we become weapons of mass destruction. Weapons that like we say, there's going to be a great awakening. Well, if we haven't developed in this, how is there going to be a great awakening? How is something going to begin to take place? A great revival. I don't know about you, but I've read about great revivals. And it's about people coming in on crutches and wheelchairs and then leaving with them over there and walking out. People being raised, physically raised from the dead. This is what great awakening and revival is. And I want to see those types of things happen. They're not things of the past or have to stay in things of the past. These are the things that the Holy Spirit can do. This is what the Holy Spirit wants to do. We sing about these things, but if we don't prepare ourselves and become a vessel used by the Holy Spirit, these things can't happen. We can pray all we want, but if we don't step out and begin to do these things, they're not going to happen. So those are the three ways. Get into some personal time, corporate time in prayer. I would encourage, encourage, highly encourage to get on Zoom. I don't care if you're getting ready. On Friday mornings, I'm getting ready for work and three kids. But I still have that thing on the background. I'm like, yep, hearing what the word is going forth. So there is no excuse if I'm changing a nappy and listening and you can't. (laughs) All right? Even like sneak it at work, okay? Oh, yeah, just uh, on this port phone call. You know, I mean, we all do it. Come on. Just get in. I highly, highly, do you get that I'm highly recommending that you get on a Zoom meeting and get in there. It will strengthen you. It, would, it will cause you to rise. Now, that's not the only thing. Get to, get, a, get to other things. Get to your connect group. Get all of those things. But prayer is so important. We've been doing this for 18 months over Zoom, for heaven's sake, and God moves. Like God moves. He moves through the technology. This is how powerful God is. And get into the word. Study the messages, the messages that are going forth. Don't just listen to a message on Sunday and go away. Listen to it throughout the week. I actually can't absorb the whole message on Sunday because I've got kids. So I purposely set aside a time to go back and listen to those messages because I want to devour everything that is coming forth. We are so privileged. We are just absolutely privileged on the amount of God-given word going forth from this house. We are, we have no lack. It's not, it's not even like a rushing, like this. It's like a rushing water. And it might seem a little bit overwhelming, but like I said, the Holy Spirit is depositing and wanting to get something inside you. And last, connect with believers. Make a coffee date. I used to hate this. I used to catch up for a coffee date. I used to hate the whole thing. I'd be like, why? Why do I have to go catch up with you for a coffee date? I don't drink coffee. But now I'm like, oh, you want to catch up? Yeah, let's catch up. Because I'm like, what can we, what can we spar? What can we do? What can we really begin to do and spar with that? Because, and God will do, will work with that. I mean, there's, I mean, I just can't highlight it enough to get there and begin to, if you want to, I'll spar with you. Put my hand up. Come talk to me. Like, if you feel like you don't have anyone, but get in there and begin to, in young people, begin to talk about, hey, what's God doing 
What do you What do you think God's speaking to you? And you might be like, oh, I don't feel like God is speaking to me. And the other person's like, oh, well, I feel God is saying this. And through that, it ignites, and you go, oh, actually, God's been, I guess God's been saying this, but I wasn't really sure. So I just really, really want to encourage you in these messages about um, the rising of the Romans 8 company and being led by the Spirit. There's just such amazing things when you're led by the Spirit and what God is doing and can do inside of you in this season. We don't have to live a mediocre life. We don't have to live back and forth on a Sunday here and there. God can do great things. You know, I'm looking at all tons of people here who God has done an amazing thing in your life, but you can stay in there. You could stay there and be like, God's healed me or God's done this, or you can go forward and you can and do even more things, even better things. And that's, I mean, I look at Davo, like where he's brought him. Oh, man, I can't wait to see what you do for God. Like, I mean, I'm just like, cannot wait. Because look what already God has done in his life so far. Matt, like we prayed for him in the next week. I mean, I was like, yes, that's the quickest one we've had in a while. (laughs) The quickest miracle we've had. And like, look, like how awesome is that? We, these are things, you know, Mark and Remy, their marriage being restored. Oh, I, I just, I'm blown away. Lee, like all these people, all these things that can happen. Imagine when we yield even more to what God is doing. So I'll leave it there. Just thinking where to start because a lot of what Joy was talking about there I had, so we won't, we won't go over that all again. But I, I just, I really feel in this season a, a real upgrade. And, and, a, and that's a really good word and a freshness. And, and, and something I've really felt, particularly in the last few weeks with this, the messages about the Romans 8 company and even logging on to the upper room with Dr. Jonathan on Tuesday, it's almost like I feel like this fresh commissioning, if that's the right way of putting it, or this, this fresh upgrade that's beginning to happen in my life where maybe you know, for a time, maybe I'd settled, you know, maybe for a time that we, we're a bit unsure, maybe there's a time where we're a bit fearful or different things are going on in our life and we can, we can rest and settle. I feel like God in this time and season, there's like a freshness and a real call to come up higher, a real call to come to a new place and, and a fresh place and a different place. And there's a call to move to a new place, So I don't want to miss what God is doing or where God's taking us. You know, I don't want to be one that that ends up um, finding my plateau or or finding my, uh, my comfortable place. You know, I don't want to be that person. You know, Joy was a little over enthusiastic in how she enjoys upgrade. And I'd like to be that enthusiastic. And I my heart is that enthusiastic, but it's not always that easy. Uh, because upgrade means sometimes can mean a little bit of uncomfortableness. Uh, upgrade can mean we're stepping into something that's not familiar, uh, but God's wanting us to go to a place like that. So I don't want to miss what God's doing. And, uh, and I really feel that there is a rising happening around us. I really feel like there's something in the spirit and there's something in the air. Uh, there's something in the atmosphere that is calling us forward and calling us to another place. And I see it in Pastor Brian and I see it in the region and our city and what's happening and what God's doing and, and the connections that God's making that are beyond, you know, um, you know a natural uh, type of thing. But God's doing, God's connecting, God's bringing things together and, and, uh, and something I've just really had on my heart, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll move through this quickly and I'll share on this, um, but I, I'm seeing this and I'm feeling all this happen, and sometimes I think it can be like, because of the struggle and because of, you know, whatever's going on in our life, we can be a little bit absent. As sons and daughters, we can be absent, you know, and, and that's probably a, a big word and a harsh word, and I don't mean it that way, but that's the word I'm using. You know, it can be like we're a little bit absent, we've got our own idea, our own agenda, uh, our, our own opinion, all these sorts of things, our, our own life and that sort of thing can, can be going on while God is moving and something's happening. And I've just got a couple of points this morning that hopefully will really help um, us continue just to move and grab a hold of what God is wanting to do, you know, in this season. So, so, so I know for me, when I came here, 
I mightn't have known it at the time, but I knew I was called uh, to come here. Uh, I didn't know what I was coming to. I, I thought I was just coming to sort my life out at the time, 25 years ago. And, um, uh, and I actually had a prophecy uh, over my life at that time that um, um, th- this gentleman prophesied over me and said he could see everything that God had for me, but he wasn't going to tell me. Um, God said to him, don't tell him because if you tell him, he won't go. <laughs> you know, so there, I, I felt that call. I, I knew, uh, you know, there was that call. And there was, another, there was another time where I really felt God speak to me uh, about this place and this house and where he had called me to, to give my life to, and to serve. And I remember, you know, very clearly God saying to me, you can, uh, they love you. You can trust them. They'll always want the best for you. And I know for me in my life, whenever I've found it a struggle, I come back to that word. Even at times, believe it or not, not any time recently, but a long time ago, where I felt like running, I've come back to that word and I've gone, well, God, if you call me here, uh, then that's it. So if I run, I'm running from you. Um, so I've got, to, I've got to work this through and I've got to work this out in my life. And, uh, you know, I remember Dr. Jonathan saying, um, you know, I'd entered the mill and Pastor Brian and Lynn were the mill uh, for me and they were going to form and shape my life. And there was a process and a journey God had set me on and, um, and really Pastor Brian and Lynn were the ones that God had called for me to partner with. And I remember even a good friend of Pastor Brian's, a pastor friend, come through one time and he said, you've got some work to do there, talking about me. And Jill's laughing and Yvonne's laughing and Michael Coffey's definitely laughing. And uh, Lenny and Pam, who I lived with for a little while, are laughing and maybe some others because, you know, they know. But in that time, personally, and even as a family over the last few years, we've really learned some things that I want to hopefully, hopefully will help you this morning and, and uh, share with you this morning. So this is what I've learned, and even the response, I believe, of a Romans 8 company. To be accessible, to be available, to be accountable, and to always be on assignment. And I want to premise these points with this scripture, Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. It's my favorite go-to scripture. Um, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In everything, just trust God. Even if it doesn't look like it in the natural, just trust God. So the first one is being accessible. Um, so that, uh, you know, I was just thinking last night, are there areas in our life uh, and heart that are out of reach? You know, are there areas in our life that are out of reach? You know, does a question or discussion around a certain topic or part of your life bring reaction? I remember, and I was, I was thinking about this, this is sort of one that came to mind this morning, I don't know if Anita's here, but I remember a few years ago, Heidi and I were sort of having, you know, some I don't, issues, probably not the right word, but just some parental struggles with our boys and, and um, you know, and, and they were quite young, but we were just, you know, there were, well, we didn't know there was struggle, but I remember Anita coming to us and sitting down and having a chat to us. And I remember sitting there thinking, who do you think you are? You don't have kids. <laughs> you haven't got an idea. You haven't got a clue. And she came very well. Like it wasn't a, you know, or anything like that. It was just, this is what I'm picking up. This is what I'm seeing. I want to leave it with you. And, uh, you know, are we accessible? You know, is our heart accessible? Not only to God, definitely to God. But this is one thing I've learned, that if, if you struggle to receive from someone, it's going to be a struggle to receive from God. And, uh, you know, we need to be capable of being reached. Uh, my experience is, is this, um, and I just said this, if, if, if there's an area in your life that's off limits, uh, God won't have much more of a hope either. And I know my response, even in difficult times uh, or difficult conversations and things like that, um, is 
all right, I, I don't pick up or I don't see what you're talking about right now, but I will go away and I will pray and then we'll come back and we'll continue this conversation. Uh, that is, I think, an honourable response. You know, are our hearts accessible? You know, does God have access to our hearts, but do others have access to our hearts? And I'm not talking about everyone and anyone or anything like that, but trusted ones. Do they have access? Is there things in our hearts that are off limits? Then, yeah, need to be accessible. I did this, you know, that, that response I did a lot with Pastor Brian. I, I don't see what you're talking about. Uh, I'm sorry, I trust you, but I don't see it. But let me go away. Can I, can I you know, pray, you know, however I said it. It was something along those lines. I'll, I'll go away and I'll pray on that and I'll think about what you're talking about. And more often than not, when I went to God, God began to open things up and reveal things to me and my heart about, in this case, you know, how we were, you know, um, bringing up our kids and that sort of thing. And that really, um, and it wasn't just Anita, there was a couple of others as well. And it just really shifted and changed the way we, um, we uh, were doing things with our, with our, sorry, I'm struggling a bit this morning, but you get what I'm saying. Yep. <laughs> So, being accessible, we need to be accessible. Second one, we need to be available. Isaiah 6, 8, the voice of the Lord said, whom shall I send? The fact that the question had to be asked probably means that there was no one to be sent. You know, God shouldn't have to ask, who, who shall I send? You know, we need to be available. And uh, many are called, but few are chosen. And um, all are called, but only few respond. And uh, we need to have a heart of availability, I really believe, like Isaiah. And his response was, here I am, Lord, send me. You know, we need to have a, a heart that's available, a life that's available. You know, I really believe our priorities dictate our response. So in Luke 6.45, it talks about, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what that means to me is this, out of what's been stored in my heart, that's what's going to dictate my words, that's what's going to dictate my response, that's what's going to dictate my actions, that's what's going to dictate these things. And I really believe the response of a Romans 8 company must be spirit-led, like Joy was talking about. The whole chapter is about this, this battle between flesh and spirit and where are we going to choose to live? Where are we going to choose to do most of life? And I, I really believe we can learn and we can choose to live in the spirit and even in the natural world, live in the spirit. I really believe that. We can choose and discipline our lives to live a certain way. The flesh will always give a reason why not, always. Always, the alarm goes off at 6.55 in the morning on a Thursday. I don't know what time you set yours. The flesh wants to wait just, because it only takes a minute to log on to Zoom <laughs> and a minute to put your clothes on. So there's three extra minutes there that I could just wait. You know, the, the flesh will always give you why not. Yeah, you're laughing because you know. <laughs> Honestly, Zoom is the best invention ever because you used to have to get up at like 6 to get ready to, to go down to Kingsway or here to go to prayer in the freezing cold of winter because then after prayer, then you had to go to work. Whereas now, you can uh, roll out of bed and at 8 o'clock you can get ready and still get to work by 8.30. That's good. <laughs> the flesh can always give a reason why not and this is the battle. But in the spirit, there's no limitation. You know, Beck was saying that this morning in worship, no limitations no boundaries. You know, there's no limitation or boundary in the Spirit. So um, let's just turn to Luke 9. And we're talking about being available. Luke 9, 57. Now it happened as they journeyed on the road that someone said to him, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Then he said to another, follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go bury my father. 
Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and preach the kingdom of God. And another said, Lord, I will follow you, but first let me uh, go and bid my farewell to my house. But Jesus said to him, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. And I was just thinking about that and reading it last night, thinking, man, he's harsh. <laughs> there are reasonable responses that we think are okay to do with family, work, kids, education, all that sort of thing. Very reasonable for why we can't be available. We can read this and think Jesus' response is harsh and unreasonable. But, and I'm sure there's something a lot more deep in this, but the key that I got from this last night is what do you seek first? So family, important. Education, yeah, I didn't have, I don't have one, I did all right. Um, but it's important. Kids, it's important. Work, important. You've got to do these things. We've got to do these things. At least wouldn't be a doctor release if there was no education. Clearly, it did a lot better than me. <laughs> but, uh, but these things are important. Don't get me wrong. But what are we seeking first? Matthew 6.33, but seek first the kingdom. And he will all, and this is my paraphrase version, he will always make a way for us. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct your paths. Seek first the kingdom. You know, and I think this is a massive, massive, massive key that sometimes we get a little bit skew-if because we get worried, we know better or what, whatever, the, whatever the premise is. But seek first the kingdom. I know for Heidi and I, both these scriptures, Matthew 6.33, seek first the kingdom, and Proverbs 3.5, trust in the Lord with all your heart, are scriptures as a family that we come back to regularly. Always, always, always come back to regularly. No area I believe in our life has ever lacked. We've gone through stuff, you know, you get it, you get the odd attack and whatever and things like that and sometimes things are hard and sometimes you know the job's not paying you as much money as you hoped it would and you know the bills are mounting up and and the mortgage doesn't get paid and things like that we've been there we've been through that but one thing we've always tried to do is come back to these scriptures seek first the kingdom and we've never ever lacked never lacked no area of our life has suffered lack while serving God wholeheartedly. We all find a way as a family to seek first his kingdom. Even with the boys' sport, I know they're still a bit young, um, but with Levi's sport, we talk to him, all right, so if you want to play this sport, that's fine, but it's on a Sunday, what are we going to do? And we have this discussion, and even him at this young age has come back to seek first the kingdom. Now, that's probably because of Heidi and I, and, <laughs> and now, okay, this is the way we're going, but it's in his heart as well. Number three, being accountable. Accountability is a powerful thing. I believe it actually shows exactly where our hearts and our priorities lie, accountability. It's being completely responsible for what you do, being able to give satisfactory reason for it. Sometimes we don't ask because we don't want to hear the answer. True. We don't ask because we don't want to hear the answer. Oh, I just won't ask, I'll just do. And I'll ask forgiveness later. And uh, because if the answer's no, I don't know what I'm going to do. I've already booked. Whatever. Our response sets our position and our position draws the blessing. So we've never lacked because we, to the best of our ability, we've lived our lives like this. Our response sets our position and our position draws the blessing. So here's an example of being accountable. Hey guys, on, on Messenger, disciple leaders training is on this Monday and you get the responses back. Sorry, can't make it. You watching telly? You, is it movie night? <laughs> These are just real life examples. This is not an accurate response. It's a response, but it's not an accurate response. 
because who knows what you're doing? <laughs> so an accurate response, I'm just talking about what I do, okay? Uh, and what I've found really helps me and what I believe is the response of this Romans 8 company that we're talking about. Hey, I can't make it. I'm watching telly. <laughs> At least we know where you stand. <laughs> hey, I can't make it. I've got to go to work. Fine. Not a problem. The issue is not that people can't do things. Accountability. It's such a powerful, powerful thing. Young ones, always let your parents know where you are and if you won't be home for dinner. Dongala. Julian, I was talking to someone the other day about you, about this exact thing, <laughs> and I said, don't worry, because uh, this is something my parents struggled with and Pastor Brian and Lynn struggled with a lot. And I don't know how many times Pastor Brian pulled me aside and said, we're just not cooking your dinner, because I used to live with them. We're just not cooking your dinner anymore because you don't tell us where you, whether you're coming or going or what you're doing. Why should Pastor Lynn slave over a stove and cook dinner and then you not turn up? So it's accountability. It's being accountable. And it's actually a really, really powerful thing. And these are just some simple, real-life examples and that sort of thing. And I don't mean to pick on you, Johnny, because I bet you every other adult or young adult in this room would know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> Accurate response. Because it's actually disrespectful. And what I, what I said there before is how our response sets our position and our position draws the blessing. So if you're not accountable, you're actually, this is what I believe, if you're not accountable, then you're not positioning yourself right to, to draw accurately from your spiritual father and mother, from your parents, from your leaders, from your mentors. So I'm 45 now, married, three kids, uh, completely capable adult. But I make it a priority still to ask and not tell my pastor and leaders what I'm doing in my life and where I'm going. I will still, now I'm not saying you need to do this. Okay, this is how I operate. Hey, Pastor Brian, I'm thinking of going to Melbourne in three weeks. Does that suit? Does that work? And I'm ready for the answer. And more often than not, sure, go for it, do it, do it. On the odd occasion, I've had, look, we've got such and such happening, could you make it another week? Fine, not a problem, because I'm ready for the response. It's being accountable, and it, set, it positions my heart to receive. So I hope this is making sense this morning. Number four, need to be on assignment. The same assignment, not your assignment, the same assignment. We cannot see as separate to the lead, we cannot see the assignment as separate to the leadership God's given us. I cannot have a separate assignment uh, in this house because this house has an assignment. So I can't have my own assignment. If you're called to this house, it's the assignment of this house that we live for. Jesus was like this with his father. I only do what I see the father do. I only do what, what I hear the father say to me. You know, this was the heart of Jesus. Elisha, you know, asked for the spirit of Elijah. So um, I want a double portion of your spirit. He was asking for the spirit of Elijah. He cried out, where's the Lord God of Elijah? It wasn't his own assignment. He wasn't chasing his own, uh, his own thing. He was on assignment. He knew the assignment of his spiritual father. He knew the assignment of, you know, the, the, the prophets that were there. He knew the assignment and he was continuing on with that. So Elisha was about the same assignment as Elijah. And if we carry the spirit of the man then we, and we carry the spirit of the house, then we have continuation. And this is where legacy and that sort of thing happen. If I have my own idea, or not so much my own idea, but my own assignment, then, uh, then think that's where frustration happens. If you've ever been frustrated here, then that could be why, because we're on different assignment. So is it the end of the world? No, we've just got to get on assignment. So, and I've had this numerous times, 
in through my life. And I wouldn't call myself the type of person that wants to run off on my own and do things, but I've got my own ideas. I've got my own, you know, opinions and thoughts and all this sort of thing about maybe how things should happen and all that sort of thing. And sometimes because of life and that you go off on your own little tangent or you go off on your own assignment. And you and I wonder why I was so frustrated. I wondered why things weren't working and weren't going the way they should. Come back to assignment. So I just want to finish on this. And I really want to encourage you today that we're in a new day and we're in a new season. And in a new season, there needs to be, I think, a new response, like a fresh response to God. You know, maybe the way I responded yesterday needs to change. Maybe the way that, I, that, um, that I've responded in the past needs just a new freshness about it. You know, I really loved what Joy was saying. Those points she had are just so good. So good, simple, but just so good. You know, maybe the way we've responded in the past or even yesterday needs to change because we're in a new day. We're in a new season. You know, if you plant a seed in the wrong season, I'm assuming it probably won't grow. Michael? Yeah? If I plant something that should be planted in spring and I plant it in winter, not going to go. It's not going to germinate. It's not going to, you know, grow. So the, res- what, the response we've had isn't necessarily wrong, but it may not have been the right season for it. So, you know, what, I, what I'm getting at here is our mind, you know, can say, I've done this. I've tried. I've been accountable. I've been accessible. I've been available. Um, but it just, you know, I'm still this. I'm still that. I still haven't had the breakthrough I've wanted. You know, but we're in a different season. We're in a new season. And I really believe we're in a season where anything is possible. You know, and I'm just going to finish on this. I won't go through the rest of my notes, but, you know, I want to really encourage you in this. You know, uh, we're in a new season. So it almost demands, if that's the right word, a new response or a fresh response where we come to God afresh, where we come to God in a new way, where we, we come back to God. And, uh, and, 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 and align these areas in our life again. You know, just, just really quickly, Jonathan's armor bearer. Um, do you know the story? So Jonathan said, let's go up. The Philistines are up this cliff. We're going to go up there. We're going to get them. We're going to go for it. It may be that the Lord will work for us. You know, so, uh, John, and his armor bearer is like, sure, let's do it. Let's go for it. Do whatever's in your heart on a maybe. You know, Esther, Queen Esther came into, she was a Jew. Uh, she came into the, the, uh, the king's palace there, became queen. And, uh, and, and, the, and the, the story basically goes, this is a very quick paraphrased version because I know you want to get to lunch. But uh, the, the story goes that the, the, um, because of Mordecai, um, the Jews were in, basically Mordecai was going to wipe out the Jews. No? Sorry, not Mordecai. Mordecai was the good guy. Haman. Haman, that's the one. Haman didn't like Mordecai. And because of that and a whole lot of other things, he was going to wipe out the Jews. Not Mordecai, Haman. Okay? The, the, the part of my story that I'm getting to is Mordecai said to Esther, let me read it. Esther 4.14, for if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will rise uh, for the Jews from another place, but you and your father's house will perish. Yet, who knows whether you have been uh, called to the kingdom for such a time as this? And Esther told them and to reply to Mordecai, go gather all the Jews who are present in that place and fast for me. Neither eat nor drink for three days, for three days. So you've got Jonathan's armor bearer. uh, Jonathan says, let's do this. It may be that the Lord is going to work for us. And they climbed up this mountain on a maybe. You know, and then you got Esther, you got Mordecai who goes, uh, maybe God's called you to the kingdom for such a time as this. And there's two things there. One, the faith in that is just amazing. 
because they did this and their response was basically do all that's in your heart. And Esther's response was, okay, let's do this, but let's fast for three days and let's give this a shot. If I perish, I perish, was Esther's words. On a maybe. You know, I reckon that God, at this time, it's almost like we've got to step out on a maybe and uh, step out and go, well, you know what? I might have tried this before. I, I've been in a bit of a rough patch. I've been in a spot where I've been frustrated or I'm unsure or, or all these, or there's barriers and different things like that. But I'm going to step out in this season because it's a new day and it's a new season. I'm going to step out because maybe God's going to work for me this time. Maybe God's going to do it this time. And I press in, like Joy said, in prayer and I, and I do different things like that and I begin to open my heart again afresh. You know, sometimes I felt like, you know, my heart can be so hard, um, you know, towards, you know, God or whatever because of where I've positioned myself. But we've got to continually come, you know, to God and be available, accessible, and, uh, and let our hearts soften and, and be on assignment on his assignment and the assignment of the house because maybe in this season God will work for you. Maybe in this season God's going to do what he said he's going to do. Maybe, just maybe, if I step out, this person I've been praying for, for so many years, something's going to begin to happen. Something's going to begin to be released. So I don't know where you're at this morning. I don't know what you're feeling this morning. And I really hope this has helped you. Um, this morning, and these are just some things that I really believe is the response of a Romans 8 company and things that have really helped me, and that's to be available, it's to be accessible, it's to be accountable, and it's to be on assignment, but to begin to feel and know the season that we're in, and it is a different time, and it is a new time, and it is a time where all creation is waiting and yearning for the revealing of the sons of God, and maybe, just maybe, if I step up in this time, if I step up in this season, if I give my heart afresh again, if I just, you know, make myself vulnerable, like someone said this morning, then God's going to come through for me this time. Is that all right? We are in such a good time. We are in such an amazing, amazing time. And, uh, and I just really want to encourage you in that to just come to God afresh. You know, you young guys come to God with just such passion and zeal and, uh, and pick up on these points this morning. Be available. Be accessible. You know, what was the other one? Accountable. Be accountable. Accountability is such an amazing thing. Honestly, it draws blessing. Accountability draws blessing because accountability sets your position. So how about we stand?